Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's almost Valentine's Day and the perfect gift for the man in your life. Come on, you know we're going to say the perfect jean. From skinny to athletic fit jeans, v-neck shirts, hoodies, even jean shorts since February in Miami is a chilly 80 degrees. Maybe your man prefers options for his Valentine's gift. The perfect jeans got you covered with gift cards from $50 to $250. Who says you can't buy love? Getting! And as always, using promo code Pero 20 at theperfectgene.nyc gets you 20% off your first order, excluding gift card orders. That's right, Pero 20 gets you 20% off all their items. So this Valentine's Day, tell the man you love to f*** his khakis and get his gift from the perfect gene. And don't forget, use code Pero 20 for 20% off your order. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season, season six, 6 of Pero Let, Let Me Tell You. you. Oh, the 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 Yeti. I was gonna say the, the Yeti, this, the yes. abominable snowman. <laughs> no, this thing. I put ice in this, and like you know, three days later, there's still ice in it. Like, how does it do that? <laughs> Maybe it's the cure for global warming. <laughs> put the whole Earth in a Yeti. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Yetis are a little expensive. I mean, this tumbler was like. Fifty, sixty dollars, oh, but that's I mean, a big tumbler. Yeah, but you know, it's like, how does it do that? Pero bueno. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Pero. Let me tell you, yeah. episode two thirty six. Two thirty six. Yes. How is everybody? So revimos otra semana. Yes, we are right now the only podcast that can say that one of its uh, hosts is related to an Oscar nominee. Yes. Yes, me. <laughs> and welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ana de Armas. Yes, yes. It's not Angela Bassett. No. People, so <clears throat> I said the story of, I think, last year or whatever, but I'll repeat it again. So the actress, Ana de Armas, who's like 
very on the upswing right now. Yeah, I mean, she's nominated for an Oscar. You know, the Adamas is my mom's maiden name. I'm, right. you know, Borges de Adamas. That's my name. And, um, you know, when she was like getting popularity, I think like around the time that she was like with Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. I remember one time my dad's like, Mira la prima tuya, thinking like, and you're like, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, de Armas, so what, you know, yeah. that's like Rodriguez, you know. <laughs> eh, and and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Until the day that my dad said it again, but he asked something to my mom, like, no, porque fulana. And, and, I, was like, and right. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, porque tú no te acuerdas de la mamá de ella cuando a ver que vino a Carlos Rojas. This is one of those things. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, this is real. I'm like, how is, how are we related again? They're like, her grandfather and your grandfather were brothers. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, okay, that that's, is real. That's real. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I thought, I thought, oh, well, you know, es la hija de la prima, de sí, la, del vecino, del de whatever. Right, right, right. Right. right? But it's like, oh, wait. Yeah, no, this isn't a Cuban cousin thing. No. Right. Her grandfather and my grandfather are brothers. Like, there's blood there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I obviously I don't know her because right. she, she would have been on the show. She. I mean, she was born after my parents left Cuba. Right. And her her family. I think uh, again, like when my parents left Cuba, I think her her mother, her father, whomever was like they lived on another side of Cuba, and like my parents don't really right. know them. Right. Know right. them. Right. Know them. Right. But we are related. Yep. We are related. So if any anybody the Ana de Armas uh, people hear us, yes, um, you know, please contact <laughs> Let's make it us. Happen. Let's have a family reunion. Family reunion. A on family air. reunion on air, <laughs> and you know we'll interview her. So no, but that's awesome that she got nominated. Yes, it is. Um, so how was everybody's week? Well, I'm gonna say that everybody's having a great week, but I will say we're having a pretty good week. Like you and you and I. Well, you and me I. And as, you, as you and I. As better, let me tell you. Okay. Now, you know that the last time we had a phenomenon on TikTok mm-hmm. was when we talked about Eva Mendez de Soponja. Ah, la Sponja de Eva That had like over 20,000 views. Yes. We're currently at over 35,000 views on TikTok for our Laverne and Shirley homage. Oh, and that doesn't include like the 14,000 we have on Instagram. Right. right. Oh, so this shit has hit like half a, yes. half a, wow, 50,000 about. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's it's probably a big part of it is due to the passing of Cindy Williams. What a, what timing, right? Right. What what I what I just want to say is to everyone, you know, thank you for for the beautiful comments and I mean, it's got like a 500 comments, mm-hmm. which is again, like really we didn't do this like this was in the well, stages. We filmed this. Yeah, this was in, in, we filmed this a while ago. A while ago. So, <laughs> I mean, while we love you giving us like this credit of like what a beautiful tribute to her, it was an homage to the opening, yes, yes, of course. But you know, we we can't pretend to be like, oh, that's why we did it. No, right? well, um, we, we we posted it before she passed right, away, right? Like what three days before? About yeah, <coughs> and also, pero yes, qué casualidad, qué casualidad, right? Like, oh yeah, we are we're always on like the pulse of things, right? And I mean, she was okay. It's not like she was sick. Or... She had an illness. She had an illness. Well, but I read that it was like a short yeah, illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but it was it was like she had cancer for ten years, right? right. Somebody was struggling, or somebody right. was like you know ninety six, you know, right, right, right. Um, yeah. Oh, they're both gone. I know. Also, guys, yes, we know we didn't do the glove. Everybody was very concerned that we didn't do the glove. Okay. Yes. Right. Many people. Right. Where's the glove? Why didn't you do the glove? You forgot the glove. We didn't do the glove because <laughs> as amazing as Alex right. at, at, uh, who, who Kawi uh, was, and he was all up with us doing our shenanigans, we also didn't want them to put, the, put them in an OSHA violation. Right. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Know? So there's that. So <laughs> those those cans, when you see them, the conveyor belt, especially like that, they've already been sanitized. Yeah, they're like ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. know, like. <laughs> They were great. We didn't want to push our luck. Exactly. And get an OSHA violation exactly. on the record. What a, what a horrible way to thank them. Right. You know that. <laughs> Thanks for letting us play. Here's a fine. Yeah. So um, we tried to do the best we can with what we had. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, but it's been really nice reading all, all of, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming maybe there's some new listeners because of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, reading all your comments has been really, really lovely. And I don't know, it just got me thinking like, you know, th- we've talked about this maybe on air, maybe you and I. How that collective viewing experience is so mm-hmm. few and far between now. Like even nowadays when you've got like your, oh, Stranger Things premieres this weekend. It's like, yes, everybody watches it that weekend, quote unquote, together. And then it's, that's it. That's it. It's forgotten. I told you the last show that I could think of that was a shared experience, even though you didn't watch it, watch it was Game of Thrones. Because Game of Thrones, I feel, was a show that like a good percentage of the population watched. Yeah. Right. But even other popular shows like you know that are number one in netflix or whatever yes they they do find an audience but it wasn't that as you said collective experience from years ago that like everybody watched this show right or everybody watched the movie yeah right yeah even the movies yeah, like you're right something like titanic that will never happen again well the closest we gotten this year is avatar right but, but, but you know what, what it is but, but it, you know but you know what it, you and I, you and i were talking about this the other day Avatar has made about, you know, like a gajillion dollars. A third of the world's GDP <laughs> in in uh in uh, in, in, in revenue. Right. Has I don't know anybody who has seen it. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I don't know anybody who's seen it. Now I realize no. that you can base an opinion on based, two people, right? Right. No, but but based on your sample size, right? Right, right, right. But it wasn't like something like Titanic that was a cultural. Yes, Titanic made a billion dollars but it was a cultural phenomenon you know whether you like the movie or not it was everywhere it 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 absolutely everywhere a lot of it also had to do with the song but but regardless but that that also that was part of it that proves your point yeah um that won't happen again that won't happen again because now you know with like streaming all these movies come out and you could stream it and it, it's not the same experience. No. It, it really isn't. Because not even Titanic. Like, when you think of Jurassic Park, like, everybody went to see Jurassic Park. Like, I remember when Jurassic Park 2 came out, we went to the movie theater, my family. Like, I went with my aunt and my uncle and my cousins, and I've never gone to the movie theater with them. You know? Like, <laughs> we all went to see the Linosaurio. Right. You know? Right. And my mom went. My mom doesn't care about none of that shit, right? <laughs> but, you know, it was a big deal. Like... Terminator 2, everybody went to see the Like, those big blockbuster movies, they really Independence were. Independence Day. Summer blockbuster movie. Independence yeah. Day, yeah. That everybody went to see. Um, and now, it's it's not that so much. Everything is so curated that even a collective viewing experience is whittled down to a certain select few. Mm-hmm. And I've told you a million times, I, I'm not... You know, I'm not a comic book person. I'm not an action hero person at all, as much as you've tried to make me one in 30 years of friendship. God knows I'm not. I tried. I'm not. But I, you know, I was your moviegoer that, you know what? I'm not into the, the Avengers. I'm not into the Justice League. I'm not into Superman. But I enjoyed going to go watch those movies. Right. Those movies were entertaining. They well, were they, really they, good. They were an event. You know, at one, that point one, too. I have to tell you that one of my most like sacred and fondest memories of cinema was standing in line i was a kid but i remember this in line standing to to, standing in line 
to watch Batman, yeah, the yeah, original Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a kid and I remember I was so excited. I remember I like clearly watching the movie theater, the opening scene where they're going through like a tunnel yep. that you then yeah, find it's the yeah, bat yeah. Uh, symbol. I remember watching that as a child and being like, oh my God, in awe. Because those action, those uh, superhero movies, you don't have event. to be, a, but you don't have to be a fan of the comic book to enjoy those movies. Right. But now there's about five thousand million of them, and they're all intertwined. That it's like, oh, okay, like it doesn't interest me to watch it anymore because it's well, it's because you have to watch it, again. There's a thousand of them, and if you didn't watch nine hundred of them, then you don't know what's going on in this one. You right. can't just watch it for the sake of of watching it, and it's funny because I always think of uh, of my friend Paul, who's I mean he's you know he studied film, he's he does he's a movie critic, he does you know the whole spiel, and I always think of him with these things where he's like, you know what, I don't care if I go to see a movie and I already know that it's part one of three, right? Mm-hmm. I may walk into it knowing that I'm getting a trilogy, but I'm paying money to see this movie. I need you to give me a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. And yep. I need to be able to walk out of there having seen just that movie. Right. And felt satisfied that I got a complete story. That it could stand up on its Correct. own even if it's a, continu- a continuation of Correct. Something. Yeah. I, I, it's just, I mean, I guess it's the way the industry is changing because everything is about IP now. Yeah. And, and milking it. I feel that way and I love Star Wars. Like, I love, I'm not one of these people, I'm not obsessed with Star Wars, but I do love Star right. Wars. I have merch. I have all the, the, the DVDs and all that. And even me, like something of Star Wars comes out now, and I'm like, mm. I mean, I'm excited about the Mandalorian, but but you know, but a it's movie one com- more. A movie comes out, and I'm like, meh. Yeah, I'm well, like another okay, one. You know, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll go and I'll knock my socks off. But I'm, it, it's not that excitement, right? You know, because especially Star Wars, you had to wait so long for a movie, and there was this buildup and this anticipation that I think that that was part of the mm-hmm. illusion of Star Wars yeah. specifically of that franchise yeah because you hadn't had one since like what 1986 well Return of the Jedi was 1983 and uh, Jedi was 83 yeah it was oh, 83 it was later no it was 83 and um, it, uh, the Sith uh, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh, Phantom was, Menace uh, right was um, 1999 yeah you're right Yeah. so that was 16 years Right. Which felt longer than that. <laughs> I know. Now that you say 16, I'm, I'm like, well, I wasn't I'm that thinking, long. I'm but- thinking Return of the Jedi started before I was in school. And este, eh, the Phantom Menace started when I was in college. <laughs> like, that feels like a lifetime. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you know. It might as well be 40. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's just different. It, it's different. And it's one of those things that, like. I don't say this because, you know, we're older and we're like ah, trying to <laughs> get off my lawn. Right. And, and, and <laughs> um, you know, hold on to our youth. But I really don't think it's better. I really don't think it's better now. It is. <sighs> I, I'm a, I, I like, I, yeah, I don't want to sound like the fuddy-duddy, right? But I, I, there's, there's a certain magic that's gone. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a beauty to waiting for something. There's a beauty I don't, to. I don't care how good your 4K TV is and your immersive surround sound is at your house. I don't care how good it is. It is never going to be better than the experience of going to a movie theater. No, that's true. Because I mean, I love going to the movies. Like I love the, 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 the act of going to the movies and 
getting the popcorn and going through. I love previews. I love I trailers. Love trailer. Well, you know what? But that's another thing. I love trailers. I don't need four trailers before a movie comes out. Right. Well, of, of the same movie. Well, I don't have a problem so much about four trailers. I just think trailers have gotten longer. <laughs> but the thing is that you have, Mina. First, you have the teaser trailer. Then you have the first trailer. Mm. Then you have the second trailer. Then you have the trailer that comes out like a month and a half before the movie is released. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do I need? I've seen the movie then. Right. Oh no, I thought you were talking about like the trailers when you're <laughs> no, sitting no, in no, the no, movie no, theater. No, 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 no. I love that. I, give me like five or six of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. No, I mean for like one movie, you get there's like four or five different trailers yeah. now. Why? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of movies, this is this is actually something I wanted to to bring up this week. Yeah. Um, but since we're talking about movies, perfect. So what? Well. A few weeks ago or whenever, the, you know, when the Oscar nominations happen, mm-hmm. um, the next day, I believe, are the Razzie nominations. I wanted to talk about the Razzies, too. Yes. And I think the Razzies are fun, you know. They can be. I think that some people throughout time have been really good sports about it. Like, it, uh, Halle Berry. Sandra Bullock. You know, that when they went and yeah. they won, and Halle Berry took her Oscar, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. You're you're such a good sport about it. I think it's awesome. But this year, they nominated an actress, Ryan Kira. Yes. Who um, played... Uh, she was in Firestarter. Yeah, the, re- the, remake, the remake of um, the Drew Barrymore's movie. And there has been a lot of pushback and a lot of criticism that the Razzies nominated a child. Right. 12 years 12 old. 12 years old. Right? So a child. Yeah. Um, yes, this isn't even like a 17 right. situation. So, and she was probably like 10 years old when she shot the movie. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, they've been saying, look, that's a form of bullying. You know, she's a little girl. Like, what do you think about that? You Do, do you think it's a form of bullying? Do you think it's, you know, it's fair game? Do you, you know, do you think it was a misstep on the Razzies? You know, because they, they already are tongue in cheek as it is. I think it was a misstep. I think that, and it's funny you bring up the rest because I wanted to bring them up too for a, a, a similar different reason. A similar different reason. A similar different reason, yes. It's like, you know, when something is vaguely specific. Right. Um, I think that, it, it, you know what, it's one of those, it, it's an easy target, right? To nominate a kid. Because for every Jodie Foster, you have any other child actor, right? Right. Which is to say that at that age, they could still become a great actor. They're Mm -hmm. learning their craft. They're honing their skills, you know? So it's not fair. It's not right. It's just not nice. Mm -hmm. Did that movie get good reviews? I don't think so. And I say that just because I totally forgot it was even released last year. Right. So they could have just been in a really bad movie. That's what I mean. But that's what the Razzies has become. The Razzies has become this, you know... Oh, the the Razzies haven't even become about celebrating bad movies. It's become about celebrating a flop. Right. And I think some listeners will be like, well, what's the difference? Well, there are certain movies that are so bad it's good. And I think that if if you go into it, like you were saying, tongue-in-cheek, then that's who you nominate, right? Mm -hmm. Nominating freaking, you know, Sandra Bullock... The same year that she then goes on to win the Oscar like two days later. Right. You know, 
that's fun. That's something, you know. She, 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 she got it for that movie. What about Steve? Yes, yeah, so she falls in a hole. Right. But that was the same year as The Blind Side. Right. And right. she was the odds-on favorite to win the Oscar. So, right. you know, going into that season, the Razzies must have known she's probably going right. to win the Oscar. Let's award her the Razzie. It'll be fun. It's right. funny. Whatever. Halle right? Berry with Catwoman. With Catwoman. She had just won her Oscar. So, I mean, you know, when you're having fun in that way – Mm-hmm. That's that's all in good jest. Now I don't I wouldn't go so far as to say it's bullying because I don't I would say it's <laughs> bullying if they only had one worst actress nominee and it was only that girl. Right. <laughs> right? Because now la están cogiendo con ella right, right. specifically. I think it's wrong. I think it's tone deaf. I don't you know, but I don't think it's a form of bullying. Mm-hmm. But you know, kind of to tie back to what I was just saying, the Razzies, I was reading an article that somebody was kind of proposing that the Razzies are kind of redundant because the Razzies are essentially doing after an entire year of, you know, an award season, what social media has already been doing. Right. Two weeks after the movie comes out, you know, they're taking it, they're turning it into a meme. They're, they're making it the butt of a joke on late night TV or, you know, whatever that, that may be. And so they're, the question of that article was actually like, do we even need the Razzies anymore? Because they're not, they don't seem to be about fun. Well, they don't I, seem I, to be I, having fun. They just seem to be like, okay, um, what three movies made the least amount of money and but had the highest marketing budget? Okay, we'll nominate them. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think we ever needed the Razzies. Well, yes. Okay. Right? But, but, I, but I love a good celebration right. of, I, of bad movies. I, I didn't think we ever needed one, but I do agree. I, I think that that. You know, they, they've nominated movies in the past that maybe made a lot of money, but were, were ridiculous, you know? Right. Um, and, and, and that, like the time that they nominated all five Spice Girls as one worst actress <laughs> for Spice for World. For World. Like, you know, fine. You know, like, <laughs> wouldn't it have been funny if, like, <laughs> all five of the, all five of them got the nom- each nomination, yeah, you know, when, but one won? <laughs> right. They're like, you're the best worst actress. <laughs> You know, they gave Madonna a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But that's funny. You know what I mean? When did they give it to Madonna? Like, at the heels of what? Swept Away? <laughs> it might have been Swept Away, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been. I didn't think Swept Away was that bad of a movie. Right. But, I mean, but again, it's it's the Madonna of it all, right? Right, right. Um, no, I mean, l- listen, exactly what you said. I, I think that nominating a, a 12-year-old is a major misstep. I, I would like to think that there was no malice of it behind it, that they just, you know, they weren't thinking. Right. Um, because, I mean, I, I'm being a child art actor is hard as it is, especially more now when you're 12, you only have a certain amount of experience. And to be, you know, thrown that curveball at you that it's like you're being <laughs> nominated for being a terrible actress and you're 12 years old right i mean that dev i think that that will mess up any adult it would have an effect on any adult right especially that isn't a bona fide movie star because like a sandra bullock and a halle berry that took this and just they went there they were, with it. yeah they yeah. had an, an oscar they were bona fide movie stars they were just people who did a bad movie and their right. long cat repertoire of movies but you know, a twelve-year-old. Yeah, that that's that's a little bit much. You know who else showed up for his Razzie at mm-hmm. one of the award ceremonies? King. Bill Cosby. Oh well, for what? <laughs> uh, Leonard Part Six. Do they only do movies? Yes, it's only movies because they time it with the Oscars. Actually, right. I was going to tell you. So it all started 
It was started by a man named John J.B. Wilson, who was a publicist who used to cut movie trailers. Uh-huh. And so this started in 1981 when he hosted the inaugural Golden Raspberry Awards in his living room on Oscar night from a lectern made of cardboard. So wow. this is just something he did at home with his friends, probably at an Oscar party, in between commercials or what have you. And then it just, you know, grew from there. So they are, have they ever given a posthumous a Razzie? That's a good question. Who, who are you thinking? Joan Crawford. No, but Joan Crawford was not a bad actress because she... For, you have to look at her through the lens of that era. Well, you know what? You know what? Actually, you know what? This is a good conversation to have. Um, if you like movies, here you are. Here you are. Enjoy. You. you know that I, I love... You know, I'm a movie buff. I love movies. And you know that I see a lot of these older movies from the golden era of Hollywood and I don't think that those actresses, I mean, it's a different time. They so were it's also creating the, it, it, the medium. Right. It, it was different. I, I think they all they all had a little bit of Raven Simone in them. They all overacted. <laughs> but remember, again, like I said, these were all women and men um, who were inventing the medium. Yeah. Many yeah. of them also came from theater. And when you're in theater, you have right, to play right, to the back of the room, right? right? Because so, my. I, I guess this is not a good measure. Actually, John to Crawford have. was one of the least excited. I, I guess this is not a good measure to have, but I measure everybody against Ete Meryl Streep. Okay, well that's not fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not even fair to Meryl Streep at the beginning of Meryl Streep's career. <laughs> no, I disagree. I think Meryl Streep at the beginning of her career did amazing. No, work. but I'm saying, but she's only gotten better. I think Kramer versus Kramer was such a good movie. Um, the Lieutenant Wife, like. Those were all movies at the beginning. Sophie's Choice, like oh. you know, uh, oh, no. <laughs> out of Africa. I mean, I, Meryl Streep has been one of those mo- people that she never had a phase where she just did like crappy she movies. She was kind of like Athena. She just came here fully formed. Yes, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she sprung out of Zeus's head fully. Right, formed but but like I watch it. a lot of these movies, and I mean. I was going to say Elizabeth Taylor, but Elizabeth Taylor is from a bit of a different era. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a little later. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a little bit later. Um, because Elizabeth Taylor, I do think from the very beginning, I mean, when she did A Place in the Sun, that I mean, that movie is incredible. Elizabeth Taylor also was a child actor. So right. she also had a little bit more time to hone right, but, but again, she was like late 50s, predominantly 60s. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these other actors were like in the 40s. Um, so it was a, a bit of a different era. But yeah, I thought they like really overacted. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, I excited us young. Like, <laughs> they would fit in. The- <laughs> That's so Raven. I mean, listeners, have you seen That's So Raven? And I love Raven Simone. So this is no disrespect to, to Raven Simone. We say this with all the love in the world. With all the love in the world. But Raven Baxter, like, it, I, I would say when Raven Simone would be done like filming an episode, she must have been exhausted because it was just everything was so dramatic and everything was such over the overacting. Top. She was so physical, like a physical. Well, yeah, she was. It was all slapstick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but she took it to like another. Right, 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 right. right. She had like twenty five Red Bulls before they, <laughs> you know, did action. Like they were like, go bigger. Yes, go bigger. Yes, scream louder scream at Chelsea. <laughs> exactly. So you know. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. New year, new resolutions. Lose weight, improve your finances, try new hobbies. But what about resolving to improve your mental health? I mean, improving those other resolutions will probably go better if you start with your mental well-being. And BetterHelp can guide you on that path. A customized online therapy provider, BetterHelp has options via phone, video, 
text, or even live sessions with a certified therapist, all on your time. BetterHelp matches you with a therapist in under 48 hours based on your needs, helping you better understand yourself. And as a special offer for Pero Let Me Tell You listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash pero. Again, betterhelp.com slash pero. It's already more affordable than in-person therapy, and now you can save on your first month. We should start the new year improving ourselves, and BetterHelp can help you take the first step on that path. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pero. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Anyway, so, uh, bueno, I actually wanted to bring up something that's a little controversial and okay. a lot it's more. We, it's what we do here. Seriously, it's a really, really change of tone. But it's something that's important. And, you know, we've never, ever shied away from uh, controversial Ch- tone. or um, tough conversations here on the show. So... I had noticed on social media mm-hmm. um, a lot of people posting things about uh, libraries and public schools on books being removed. Mm-hmm. And as we know here in Florida, um, there was a very controversial bill that uh, was passed mm-hmm. and was signed into law by the governor, uh, HB 1467. Yeah, commonly known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Right? Y- yes, but, but this is... This is the one specifically about school books and all that, right? Um, I don't know if the Don't Say Gay Bill is the same House bill number, but okay. regardless. So what I'm talking about is specifically uh, the 1467 one is the one that talks about mm-hmm. um, schools and library and um, content and, and right. what's in the media center or library. And I had seen a lot of like commentary and memes and stuff on mm-hmm. on – Online that, um, oh, look at all these books being removed and, and you know, this is censorship, so on and so forth. And, you know, I, I always, may, I've said it here a hundred times. You mean you don't stop and take all your facts from a meme? I, right. I've said it here a hundred <laughs> times that you cannot base political opinions specifically on memes and a lot of people any opinions right on memes but specifically political opinions you should not base them on a meme even if it's an ideology that you may correct be a for right and um so i had seen these things and i'm like you know this may very well be true but but i'm not going to take a hard stance on like they're removing the books right without doing without doing so (laughs) i actually spoke to somebody who's a school administrator. Uh, okay. Um, this person um, is a school administrator high up okay. in, in, in there. Uh, former teacher now higher. For Miami-Dade County? Yes. Okay. For um, now a higher up administrator. Correct. correct. And, so gone um, through the ranks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to this person and I was like, listen, I want to know what is the reality of this in terms of your everyday... Well, yeah, this is somebody who's boots on the ground. Right, right, exactly. In terms of your everyday classroom, your everyday school, right? Because a lot of times when any type of law or, or any type of bill is passed into a law, you know, the way it trickles down is differently and, and it, you know, it may not affect you the way you think it is. And right, so on right, so right, right. But I want to know exactly... What are you guys seeing? ...how right. it is that this is affecting you. And this person, I had a very good conversation with them, and they pretty much told me okay. that, um, and and we we had a, a very thorough conversation with you know bullet points and all that, <laughs> um, that 
basically that with this new re- these new regulations, okay. okay, there there's a lot of different facets to it. First of all, a school has to remove anything that can be that it would not be for lack of a better word, age appropriate. So for example, in a middle school, okay. anything that would be appropriate for a ninth grader and above cannot be in a middle school. Okay. How do you define them? Right. Right? Right. Because an eighth grader can be 14 years old, right. but so is a ninth grader. True. So you right? can use age. Right. Right. So what is oh, appropriate well, for a middle schooler and not a high schooler? You're also applying a blanket a blanket right, right. approach of what is appropriate so, for you is so, for me. So, and things cannot have um, anything having to do with indoctrination, right? What's indoctrination? That's a, that's a very open... Right. What's indoctrination? Right. Right. Again, one person... Um, what is it? One person's freedom fighters, another person's right. So, uh, But the part, the part in the language that really shocked me the mm-hmm. most was, and this is the language okay. that... I know it is because you're reading. You have something open well, well, to no, read it. No, to no, read it verbatim. Actually, well, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read what I have because it's. I don't want to say privileged, but I rather not. But anyway, the language states that. Um, hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. If there is, if there is a, an assigned book, and a parent has a problem with it, right? Mm-hmm. The objection of the parent, the burden is not on the parent to prove to show why that, they why they don't dis, d- approve of this book. The burden is on the admit the teacher or the librarian to demonstrate why to demonstrate is. why has educational purposes and. But and, you, and and okay, wait, okay, wait, okay, and wait okay, and okay, and okay, and okay. this is like okay. this is. Do you know what the ramifications are of this? The teacher can be fired. Fired. It's a third degree felony. A felony. So it's so, a third degree felony. So if right now a teacher is assigning, let's actually use because I, I know Tristan's reading this hatchet, mm-hmm. and some parent says I don't like it because I don't like turtles. Right. Then now the teacher has, and the, and the parent doesn't even have to say why. The, right, they just the have to show them like has I don't to show, show the educational value in that book. So now the teacher has to prove their lesson plan to yes. Joe Schmo off yes. the street, Parents, and yes. Joe Schmo never has to tell you why they objected to it. Right. So you can't and even the counter language, the argument. The language in all this 
states that the parents will should and can have an active role in this in the I, like well, a curriculum. I, well, I agree that parents should have an active role in their child's education. I disagree. I agree they should have an active role, but let's 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 outline what active role means. No. So the problem with all these bills, this is purposely me, I think parents this, no no. If parents find something objectionable, they should be able they should feel to go to the teacher and be like, hey, I don't know if this is appropriate. Right. And okay. As so, a reasonable person. So, so if your kid doesn't want to read that, then have your kid read something else. But you should not have a say so into what that class reads. Right. If you want, if you are a parent mm-hmm. and you want to say so in terms of what your kid is uh, okay, teaching then your child's and the excuse. ideology, well, then you know what? Send him to a parochial school. Send him to private school. Send him to homeschool. Right. right. But if you send your kid to public school. There, you a as a parent, you this is you know if you have a difference of opinion, come at me. You don't get to dictate what other kids in a public school. I don't mean. Well, wait, sorry. When I say active, I don't mean dictate. I mean that a parent should have the right to raise questions and show up to a school right. board. But you and, know and very well. But, but that's you, not what this but is. You know very but well. That's not, what this is. that's not what this is, and that's not what this has been turned into. Right. Because now it's about a dictating. Now it's not about. I don't. You know. I don't want my kid to read this book so can my kid read something else thanks right that's fine that's fine if you don't want your kid to read harry potter right don't read harry potter right you know what don't read harry potter up to now schools have accommodated in fact the conversation i had with this person Mm -hmm. you know they told me in the past there have been books that i have assigned that for whatever reasons my kid there's been a parent that did not like it so i assigned that child another book so there's a contingency. Right. But you know that that's not the case anymore. Now it's a, a matter of dictating. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like that for my child, so nobody so else. Nobody, no, no, right? right. So, so f- you know, these are the questions that I had. So um, To Kill a Mockingbird, a classic American book, right? Mm-hmm. Right? That has a very important message. Right. Heck, I named my kid right. <laughs> Atticus, yeah. right? So To Kill a Mockingbird... Could always, be deemed is, is always on the book, on right? The list. Could be deemed indoctrination because you are indoctrinating kids. You know, this is a, a, a thing about race. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this person I spoke to told me that they can no longer assign Twilight because oh, Twilight shouldn't, right? But but Twilight <laughs> is right. But Twilight is a book that teenagers like, and it gets them to read. Okay, okay, from that angle. Right? Okay, got it. Got right? It, right. That's a book that a lot of teenagers don't know because it's sexually sexually suggestive. Right? So then the problem is, so this goes back to, you know, law, right? So, Before we get to that, sorry, let me ask, it may seem like a silly question, but go with me on this. Okay, parent A, again, I'm just going to keep using Hatchet because I can't think of a more benign book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> parent A goes in and says, I don't want my kid to read Hatchet. Now the teacher says, okay, well, we're not going to read Hatchet. But what if parent B comes back and says, no, no, I want my child to read Hatchet. The parent B doesn't matter. It's parent A. Because parent A raised an objection to it. So the educator. So my objection to your objection doesn't mean a damn a thing. So now but, the, now. but I'm taking an active role as a parent right, in my but, child's education. But just the like they did. the educator has to prove what the educational merit to that book is. They have to prove. So... So if it would come but to that. But you see what I'm saying. Yes. So if it would come to that, mm-hmm. right, you would have to go in front of the board and show why this is. Uh, has merit. Has merit. Right. Even if it's a benign book. So in other words, active parenting is only for people who, ha- who bitch and moan. 
Right. But the problem is, which is where I was going is not for uh, so say, when, and when a law when a law is written and mm-hmm. it's vague, right? That's the, the worst. The, the problem is <laughs> that then it goes to the courts to interpret. That is the, the interpretation of law is the reason we, courts have, a, exist. we have a Supreme Court. And yeah. We have a Supreme Court to interpret the laws. Right. And the interpretation of laws have evolved in time, right? right? And sometimes, you know, the court will address an interpretation of a law that I mean as much as you may agree or disagree with it, Roe versus Wade is one of them. You know, they, in 1972, uh, um, I'm sorry, 1973, they um, ruled one way and the court now reasoned differently. You may disagree that, with but, it. But that's what happened. But that's what, but happens, that's what happened, right? right? Um, they interpret the law. When you write a law, generally, or a bill, generally, you try to be as specific as possible, Okay, right, to avoid interpretation. interpretation. But the problem is that, you know, there's so many scenarios in the world and life and every day <laughs> right, right, that right. you can't anticipate things. <laughs> right. So even if you try... There's to, always going to be always something. Going to be right. an, there's always going to be a situation that's like, shit, like, how does this apply, right? right? And that's what the courts are up to. But these laws were purposely, purposely vague, right? Let's go to the don't say gay bill, right? Mm-hmm. The don't say gay bill doesn't say anything about homosexual, gay. Right, it doesn't, right. the, the, that word is nowhere in there. Nowhere in there. Right, but it has to do with sexual orientation. So when is so when is sexual orientation ever at controversy when it's when not, it's not when heteronormative, it's not heteronormative right. right orientation right so then when it's anything but that then it's a controversy so right. then yes it's not on it, it, what is it it's a like like a, a like a lie of omission right so the reason I wanted to bring this up is because you know whether you like the governor whether you don't whether you're a conservative whether you're a liberal whether you think that you know maybe there's things that are being taught in school that you don't agree with where whatever your stance is the moment you start censoring things and let there be no mistake this is censorship mm-hmm. The moment you start censoring things, you are opening up a very, very, very complicated and bad door. You know, you're opening up Pandora's box, Pandora's box, right? And you are going to get into problems because the problem with this is that it's vague. So what is offensive? So, for example... Harry Potter. Harry Potter is could be deemed inappropriate for schools because it's witchcraft. Right. Right? And you may think, oh, no. No, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, don't go that far. There's many people out there who feel that way. Right. I mean, this is, this is not conjecture on your part. Right. Of, I'll of never forget feel. that one time a, a, a co-worker of mine years ago, I think like around the time the, the, the movie first opened um the first movie that we were talking like oh everybody was gonna take their kids to go watch harry potter she's like no i don't take my kids because that's witchcraft and i and i hadn't even dawned on me like that's something that was like because you just saw it by fantasy but i'm like but they're wizards like this is total fiction right right completely like i can't stress that enough right i mean i mean they're flying on a broom like (laughs) i mean well witchcraft but you know that didn't even cross my mind, but it's funny. Their mind was there, right? Right. So if you think this is okay and you think that, 
oh, you know, they're they're stopping, you know, these people from, you know, indoctrinating our kids with, you know, like CRT and queerness and all this stuff. If you think that it's only about that and you you don't see how this can be very complicated, then you're you're you really don't understand what censorship means. And when you open when you open up that door, I felt very similar to that. And we talked about it here, mm-hmm. you know, years ago when, for example, uh, the previous president, when he got um, a ban from Twitter. Remember I told yeah. you, You're like, I told he you, he shouldn't have been banned. He shouldn't have been banned as much as I don't like the man. And I really don't like the man. And I don't like what he, he doesn't, I don't like what he says. I think it's reckless and irresponsible what he would say on Twitter, but you shouldn't ban him because the moment that you ban him, where does that start and where does it end? Right. Right. There was other ways of taking care of that. You know, you could have put like um, a disclaimer, disclaimer, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, a little sign like, oh, some of these tweets may not be accurate, whatever. But banning someone, some, you know, speech is very complicated. It it doesn't have a finite beginning and end. And then you get into a lot of shit. And the same goes with this. Books are being, and these are not books that are about like it's not know, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? It's, well, no, it's not like the sixteen nineteen project, you know, like right, you know, right. books that have a very like specifically you can point to and say this is this, right? right. Th- this is this. Although that is history, but right, but but let's we're follow. T- we're, we're talking, but about, let's follow this thought process. We're talking about everyday books, right? <clears throat> you know, something like well, Atlas Shrugged. Whether you like Anne Rand or not, mm-hmm. Atlas Shrug is an incredible piece of literature. Yeah. That is political. You could even make a 1984. Yeah. 1984 is my favorite book, my all-time favorite book. That's political. Romeo and Juliet. No, Shakespeare. Yeah. Othello is about race. Medea is about, you know, a, a woman not knowing her place. Right. A Oedipus Rex is about. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole complex named after him. Right. <laughs> right? So now, so are, is this inappropriate? Right. Is Romeo and, Ju- Romeo and Juliet, good old Romeo and Juliet, is this inappropriate? Well, it's about underage sex, but it's about underage heterosex, you know, the right. good kind. The good kind. The good right, kind. Right. right, but it's sexually suggestive nonetheless. No, but it's the good kind. Right, it's, and, it, and it, there's suicide. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I know we're being a little bit dramatic, like petty right, and dramatic right, right, about right. it, but but yeah. But, all, but, but given what you're explaining, all it takes is that one parent right. to come right. in and object to this. Right. Right. So that is a problem. That is a problem. And, you know, I always, you know, whatever your opinion on CRT is, mm-hmm. I'm not here to to say it's not about the what your opinion on it is. I love how these criticisms are like, we don't want our kids being taught CRT. Well, there's not a single fucking school that ever taught CRT. Like <laughs> CRT was something you took in law school <laughs> or in college. No, in law school, it wasn't offered in college. No, but I'm, but okay, but if you take like an African American studies course, no, yeah. but an African American studies course is not critical race theory. Critical race theory is a very specific curriculum that was taught in law school. Really? Yes, it's a very specific, very specific curriculum. There's not a single school that thought that taught that. Not one. Not one. <laughs> but all of a sudden, everybody's an expert. No, all of a sudden, apparently, but that's what I'm saying, every but, school in the country was teaching CRT. Apparently, although it was not in one, not in one curriculum, not in one, 
right? So, you know, there's fear-mongering involved in it, you know, as calling usual. it, you know, the parental. You have the right as a parent. You have the right as a parent. Well, you know. Well, you always had the right as a parent. Like you, but like you just said, you always had the right as a parent. Hey, hi, teacher. I don't want my kid to read this. Okay, great. They're not going to read book X. They're going to read book Y. It's that's it's, it. Like it's I mean, such, there was, there was a solution. Such, it's such a sense of entitlement, right? That I know best. Not that you know best, but that you think that you can dictate to other people what they shouldn't read, what they should or shouldn't read. Well, that's what I mean. That I know best, right? Right, that you what they should or shouldn't read. Because again, if you don't want your kid to read whatever, if you don't want your kid to take part in whatever, fine. Accommodations are made, but that you think that you have the right to go into a school and demand that a book be re- taken off their shelves, especially when you know most of these parents are fucking watching The Bachelor. Well, and it's, well, it's funny that the. The person I spoke to, mm-hmm. they told me that in their career, there's been three books that uh, that three times that a parent has come in questioning. Questioning. I think one of them was um, Harry Potter. I think another one, did they mention The Outsiders? Th- they mentioned the books. One of them was definitely Harry Potter. And um, they said that in every single instance, the parent had not read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so what were the let's put Harry Potter aside because I guess Harry Potter is an easy one to object to if you're very you know if you're very religious very Christian you don't have to read the book to kind of come right. in and say like it's about wizards I don't want that right but if you haven't read right. and especially now I forgot here, I forgot now here on like on Twitter oh no I was seeing on Twitter oh my god I forgot you know? I forgot yeah I don't have to actually read or engage in something to be right. an expert. And then, and then there's there's there is language in that law that is states that in terms of the school curriculum, it can't teach anything where a which they're trying to make it sound like CRT, but it's not. Where like one race is yeah, being you, you made can't make you can't make somebody another yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, so how are we going to teach the Civil War and slavery? Oh, no, I got this one. See, okay. So black people were in Africa. They came as slaves. They were freed. Then Oprah told them to elect Obama. I just right. did black history. Right. How are you? Because I rem- I very much remember how when we were taught the Civil War and um, slavery in elementary school. And, and, and I don't remember my teacher being up there being like, the white man right. did this to <laughs> the black man. Right. But we did learn about it. Right. right? White, we white people only we, black people we, because we, that's history. Right. That's the that way was, was history. Right. Right. You you don't have to stand up there and like be like you the white man are the culprit of you, right. You don't have to be a Black Panther about you, it. You don't have to say that. Right. You just have to teach history. Right. Objective. You know, if you want to be objective, like one hundred percent objective, right? Because these are things that are factual, right? There was slavery in this country. Here's you something know, I find interesting. You know, the, the the slaves were treated a certain way. There was a civil war. There were Jim Crow laws. This is not. I'm not, I'm not making is, shit up. This is not right. up for debate. This is facts, right. right? So is teaching that then, you know, pertaining to these new curriculums, is teaching that, um, a, is that indoctrination? Well, and you're making one race feel uh, guilty? Here's one of the greatest ironies about that whole scenario, right? Like you just said, it's, you know, you shouldn't have a lesson that makes one person feel guilty blah 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 blah. but these are also the same people who will turn around and call other people snowflakes yeah i mean i know that you probably banned all the books that use the word irony but i guarantee that's what this is yeah uh yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> um, just putting that out there. When 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 we were talking about this, one of the um, books I thought about that I read when I was in fifth grade, in fifth grade, and I have to tell you that it was one of those books. Like if I were to make a a, a list of books that, like as a child and and young adult, mm-hmm. um, just had a huge impact on me, was the um, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. Oh, yeah, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, it was done in a movie, which actually Catherine Hellman is in the movie. Uh, she was a she was a slave. She was born into slavery. And th- she says the story in like the 1950s or 60s, mm-hmm. which if you think about it, she was old. At that, she yeah, was, yeah, yeah, she was like 100 something. Right. But she did remember slavery. Okay. Right. Um, and. So obviously it was told through her, it was her autobiography. And I remember reading that as a kid and it's just, it was one of those books that had a profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well now that book is off the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can you still teach Anne Frank? <laughs> right. But, but here's the thing. My grandparents but, were German. I feel bad. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> you know? Here's the thing. The fact that we're questioning all this. It, That's the problem with the, with, the, with, with the vagueness. Right. So what is it? So the way that th- this person was telling me is that like librarian librarians now, because the way it's set up is that the librarian of the school is in, that is their role and they are responsible the for that, for that. So, I mean, you could be a librarian and be faced with a third degree felony. Like, because you let somebody read the diary of Anne Frank. <laughs> you're a felon. Like. <laughs> And I know that you, you know, people who maybe don't agree with this mindset are going to be like, "Ustedes están exagerando," because right. blah blah blah. No, we're not, because this is the way that things are. It, this is right. This is what very right, well can right. happen. And right. I just want to say something else that, to go back to history. Every single time that there has been communism, that there has been some type of totalitarian government, what's the first thing they do? The first thing that goes is freedom uh, of, of, of of the press. Yeah. But one of the first things that goes are books, right? Historically, like historically, that's actually one of the first things that went in Cuba. Yeah, because they don't want you getting ideas. Right, right. One of the first things that goes is books. So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I really do think that if people read more, like just everything in the world would be better. It would be better. You know, it would be better. But they'd probably find the wrong things to read. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) As evidenced by, you know. The internet. Right. Oh, you know what? Now that we said books. So, este, it came out this week. I forget what I was talking about. Uh, where I, w- I watched. I think it was a Today Show. Remember? Como se llama? You, know, you just missed an opportunity for our listeners to take a drink, right? Because you could have said The View. You could have said CBS Sunday Morning. It wasn't either. It wasn't. <laughs> okay. I think it was a Today Show. Okay. Este, Marie... Kodo, como se llama? Uh, Kondo. Marie Kondo. Kondo. Marie Kondo. Yes. So as you know. It sparks joy. Yes. A few years ago, everybody was like all about the Marie Kondo life. There was almost a fire, all the people sparking joy. So for those of you who may or may not know, she, what would you call her? She was an interior designer. She was. I don't know what I would call her, like an organizer. (laughs) She, she, you know, she's Japanese. Mm-hmm. She's Japanese, right? I believe so, but yeah, I I will check just in case, right? And she sort of had that mindset of like very like simplicity, a place for everything, no everything in its place, right? And she became very famous some years ago because she had a series. Yes, Jap- she's an a Japanese 
organizing consultant. Okay. So she had a series of shows on, I believe on Netflix, Netflix. Mm -hmm. right? Some years ago that even I watched. I never saw one episode. Right. That she would go to, you know, us, you know, us Americans and our horde, you know, us that were hoarders. (laughs) She would go to these, these houses here in the U S and she'd be like, no, you gotta get rid of all of this. And she would throw away books to begin with. That was like, to me, that's like a, like you throw away books, donate books. You don't throw away books. Because her whole thing was that, you have to keep what brings you yeah, what, joy. what sparks joy, right? That was her. So her basically, thing. get rid of everything and except if it sparks you joy. But I was like, Mira Maria Kondo, Marie Kondo. Okay, a lot of my clutter brings me joy. So you know, how do we get around that? Well, the reason I'm bringing her up is because she had a she had another baby. Yeah, she got three now, right? And she was saying how like her house now is a bit of a mess, right? Right, which. Let's be fair. I'm pretty sure her bit of a mess is still cleaner than mine. Right. But what she was saying was that it's made her like reassess that there could be some joy in not in clutter, but that you don't have to get rid of everything right. to be so simple and like find joy. So I was like, me and I'm Marie Kondo. I, I, I love, I'm, I'm mispronouncing her name. I don't want to be that person. Is that how you Marie say Kondo? Her? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a lot of collections and I keep a lot of things and I have a lot of things in storage that bring me a lot of joy, you know, <laughs> a lot of joy. So I don't know. Listen to quote one of our, our greatest possibly poets and philosophers, Victoria Beckham, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was, you actually had me for a minute. There. I thought you were like going with someone, you know, I wanted to be minimalist without being minimalistic. <laughs> Uh, yes yeah no i don't know about that but uh yeah she would come to my if she and, and you all you know my house i'm my house is very neat and all that right but it's like no i like my you like to have collections and certain yes, things yes. and memories and yes. yes i like to look at my hundreds of books in their bookshelf and be like i have a lot of books <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I there's Is some, that why you put it at the front of the house to yeah, get it over there's with? Some here, half of them I'm probably never gonna read again, but they're there. But they're there. And I have read them. Those intellectual trophies. Yes. Because I always put it in a book when I started and when I end it. Oh really? Yeah. Um oh, and wow. I always sign I, it. I and, just learned that. And I always sign it and I, and I always put where I bought it. Oh wow. Um and I'll add like a lot of little like notes and stuff like that. But um yeah, I like to look at my books and be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of books. I got a lot of CDs that I'm not getting rid of. And I like to look up my CDs and be like, yeah, I got a lot of CDs. (laughs) That brings me joy. (laughs) Well, then you would keep it because it sparks joy. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hey everyone, this is DJ, and if you listen to the show, you know how much we love Jupiña. The pineapple soda is refreshing and sweet, and Jupiña goes great with everything from a medianoche to a hot dog to even a rum or vodka. Whether diet or regular, Jupiña has been part of our heritage for over 120 years. From watching our abuelos drink Jupiña at every get-together to introducing the next generation to its distinctive taste, Jupiña is practically part of the familia, como un cuprimo, maybe. I see next time that you need a cool, refreshing beverage, grab that distinctive orange can of Jupiña. After all, only Jupiña tiene puro sabor a piña. Uh, bueno, you know what? All this joy has sparked some thirst. <laughs> You're thirsty, do you miss it? I'm a little thirsty, so that means that it is time for our last Jupiña of the desert. Mm-hmm, I so, can't I, I know, I want one right now, actually. <laughs> like, You know, we need to start bringing them when we record. I know, right? We have to bring Jupiña mm-hmm. Matepa. Oh, yes. 
Absolutely. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? No, you go first. Okay. So I am going to give my last tupinha to, and I'm looking for the kid's name, to a 15-year-old boy who has only been identified by his first name, which is Fahim. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I want to give it to Fahim is because Fahim, in the last, I think it's week or so, has officially become the global all-time winner, as far as I am concerned, of the game Hide and Go Seek. Oh my god. Where did he hide? He hid in a shipping container Mm -hmm. that then got shipped from Bangladesh to Malaysia. Oh no. (laughs) And he was in there for a couple of days. Oh no. So it was open like it was open and he was playing hide and go seek. So he went in. And then I guess he was just waiting for the person to come find him and he fell asleep. And he woke up and he was in a whole other country. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did he win? Well, I mean, listen, he won. Okay, I don't care what anybody else says. Now, I don't recommend doing this, but I feel like he needs a refreshing hupinha. Yes. After traveling all that distance. He needs a lot of hupinha. He needs a lot of hupinha. And Mateba. He's very parched. He needs both. Yes. But I'm like, you know what? That's the kind of story that thankfully had a nice ending, right? But it's just one of those like, you know what? You win, man. You win. Yeah, you you won. won. Hide and go seek. That's yeah, it. Nobody will ever play better than you. No, but in, ever. Obviously, if he slept in a shipping, con- if he hid in a shipping container that was shipped, then he was like in an active port. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Were they like playing on a Maersk ship? Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they were in Bangladesh, but um, but yeah. Right. It's not like what? Oh, there was some abandoned shipping container, you know, somewhere. Right, like in that episode of Punky Brewster. Right. Where Cherry where Cherry hid in the abandoned refrigerator and then got oh, locked yes. in. Yes, I remember that. That's, and that was like a total PSA. That was a total PSA. Yeah. That's why I don't get into refrigerators. Well I also don't fit in one anymore. Yeah. But, right. It would have to be like, you know, an industrial size. Right, right. Right. But when you said that, I thought you were going to say that he came out in 1986 but there's a reason why i'm saying that because i have been watching for the last three weeks dark oh which by the way people if you want to watch an amazing show dark is like insane it is insane um it's 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 actually the first german production of netflix and the writing on that show like the writers of that show had to have a they had to have like flow charts when they were writing <laughs> with like the red string right because it's it's really it's it's takes place in a small town and it's about like four or five different families okay but it's how they're all connected and over time over time that's not linear <laughs> And then it goes back to like, you know, 2019 or 2020 Mm -hmm. to 1986 to 1953 to 1855 to 1920 something. And it's not linear. And then there's parallel worlds where like one person wasn't born because they stopped each other from, you know, like it's super complicated. It's like super complicated. So when you go into a cave, you you come out in another year. So, you know. So, but if you if you're in the mood for a good show, watch yes. uh, Dark. But that was not your last hooping. That was not my last hooping. So my last hooping goes, and the moment I heard this this week, I knew I was going to give him a hooping. It goes to Mr. Beast. Oh yes, YouTube. Do uh, we know sensation. who Mr. Beast is? I'm going to tell you all who Mr. Beast yes, is. Not so. to be confused with our boy Burger Beast. Not yes, which. I'll leave that there. But Mr. Beast, whatever your opinion may be of him, um, 
tough. Um, <laughs> Mr. Beast actually did do something today and this week. That he does was, a lot of good. Yes, that was commendable. So um, for those of you who don't know Mr. Beast is, he is actually the highest subscribed YouTuber in the world. He has, I think, like 200 million um, Christmas. Uh, um, followers. followers. Tristan loves him, right? right. And I first obviously came across who he was because of Tristan. And, you know, there's so many YouTubers that do such obnoxious things. You know, that whatever. I'm not going to have stop him from watching it because they aren't doing anything inappropriate. But they're just obnoxious. But Jimmy, um, Mr. Beast, he actually, he's funny. He does different things. But he does help out a lot of people. And so I've been seeing for a while his videos that have to do with philanthropy. But this week, he actually spent. He has a foundation, right? Yes. He actually spent, uh, I think. $1.5 $1.5 million. It was over a million dollars to help over a thousand people with cataract surgery. Oh, yes. That they had cataracts to such a point that they were legally blind. Yes, I read about right? that. Right. And he did this. And you know, he got criticized for it by a lot of people on Twitter because they were saying that he was using it for like um, content, that he was using it to get attention and all that. I and mean, so, so, fine. so, so I was like, okay, <laughs> let's say that that was his intention. These people He's, still got the gift of sight. Yes. He still. <laughs> I mean, it helps out a thousand people, right? (laughs) Like, you know, and that's why I was like, we can't have nice things. You know, he's made millions. Right. He doesn't have to do shit. He doesn't have to do shit. He's made millions, right? He is helping out people. And then, you know, you're giving him shit for helping out people. So I was like, you know what, Jimmy, Mr. Beast, here you go. A pack of hoopinha for you. A nice, cold, crisp hoopinha, you know, for you to enjoy. Yes. Yes. That's the beauty of of the world we live in now, right? Where it's like, if you do something great, yeah, we still hate you. Yeah, but it's what you want. What you want to do with the man? Like, you know, no, there was even like a statement that had to be done by the National Federation of the Blind where they said, yes, because of how much shit he got, that it said anything that puts spotlight on such a treatable eye conditions like cataracts and improves funding for people to undergo surgery to restore their sight should be welcomed. Anybody that criticizes this work on raising awareness of it through film and social media, why would anybody criticize this? They went on to say. Um, but yeah, there were people. <laughs> one Twitter, one Twitter note: the fact that it took charity for these people to go, no highlights a problem. No, there was something here that I read, but it's just like really critical. Like comments. this is why you know the fact that these people had to put out a statement is the reason that you know hair dryers say don't use in the shower. Oh no! So you know, again, Mr. Beast. Whether he does it for attention or not. But he's still doing good. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. Right. And he doesn't have to. Yes. Listen, how many YouTubers are out there that are getting attention for a plethora of things without giving back? Right. So, yeah. Oh, Lord. That was our last hooping as of the... Yes. For episode 236. Yes. So, drop. Time to drop. Time to drop some. No, to, to give some. Oh, this is this is pedal corner. Yes. This is, okay. So you know we still got the shirts on T Public. We also, if you are in the Miami area this Sunday, February fifth, we're gonna be at uh, the New Era Collectibles. Check out our Bean Pump Oil MIA Instagram. You have all the information there. Um, we're also gonna be there with Lucha Do. So I mean, come for the wings, stay for the donuts, pick up a collectible. Yes. Um, in that order, if you wish. Um, then we are also doing wings for the Super Bowl. Yes. So that we are doing in collaboration. Speaking of Burger Beast, we're doing it in collaboration with Seth, uh, Burger Beast. So the order is on his website. The real Burger Beast. The actual real 100% Angus Beef Burger Beast. 
Um, it's on his website. If you go to, uh, again, Pimpampoyo, the link in the bio right now will take you there and you can place the order for the wings. You can also place orders for his burgers. If memory serves, um, we also have some sodas on there. And uh, I think it's Chifles uh, Mariquitas también are, yes. are there. Um, so, you know, one-stop shop, guys, for your Super Bowl party. I mean, wh- yes. what more do you want? And we're going to be posting on Bing Pollo And actually, on Pero, let me tell yeah. you, throughout the week, we're going to be posting more about your you know, wing orders and yeah, what we're yeah, doing yeah. for Bing Pollo for Super Bowl. But yeah. And we're going to be having a, a, a contest. Yes. That we're going we're gonna to be putting up a little video in a few days on Pero, let me tell you, yep. where you are going to be able to wing, uh, to win, wing, <laughs> well, wing, to, wing you're gonna... to win, if you're in Miami, a yes. Bing Pollo platter for your Super Bowl. Listen, listeners and Australia, we love you, but no. Yeah. We're not delivering to Australia. Well, also in Australia, we wouldn't send it for the Super Bowl. We'll send it for like the cricket championship. That's true. <laughs> I mean, maybe if Kylie wants to send us a private jet, we'll take it. Well, we'll take it. <laughs> but that's yeah, I think that's everything on um you Is know, that everything. I think that's all of our pop-ups and, yeah. and everything that's happening. Yeah. So anyway, well everybody, we hope you listen, laughed, and learn. And as always, remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your delicious hubinha. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.